0: Welcome to the podcast, where you get your news and views of the sports world that we live in. And now here's your podcaster, Lige Weichers. Welcome to the Lige Weichers Show. Well, I was waiting for some breaking news on the whole Michigan supposed cheating scandal. After the Big Ten announced that their punishment was going to come down on Thursday, I said, well, I'll just wait till Thursday to record the podcast. Then what do you know, nothing happens. And here it is Friday when... Finally, we have some news. That's right. The Big Ten suspends Jim Harbaugh for the rest of the regular season. But looking deeper, they ain't really suspend him for the regular season. They suspended him for three games, the last three games of the year, but he can still coach during the week. Now, this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. What good is it to suspend a coach for only the games, not the whole week? He can still there, be there to prepare with the team, but can't be actually on site. What's going on with the Big Ten? That's This seems odd. Number one, you're suspending a coach while the investigation is still ongoing. This kind of looks to me like you're just falling for the pressures of the other teams the Ohio States, the Penn States, the Purdues, the Illinois. They're saying, hey, hey, we need you to do something. And the Big Ten says, we agree. We don't even care if the investigation is complete. We'll just call it sportsmanship policy and say Michigan violated those issues. Wow. Not only that, they choose to announce these punishments when Michigan and Jim Harbaugh are on the plane flying to Penn State. That's right. What kind of people wait until the guy you're about to suspend is on a plane flying to the game then say, oh yeah, by the way, he's suspended. Not only that, it's on Veterans Day. Michigan announced, no, 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 not so fast. We're filing a court order. But since they did it on Veterans Day, I don't know how that's even going to work. Can you even get a judge on Veterans Day to offer an appeal. What's going to happen here? Will Jim Harbaugh even be on the sideline tomorrow versus Penn State, the first big game of the year? This is all odd to me. The Big Ten, to me, they fell for the trap. The pressure put on by all these other schools, specifically Ryan Day, hasn't been able to beat Michigan by himself. So what does he do? He goes crying to the powers that be, hoping that they can do something that Ohio State hasn't been able to do under Ryan Day, and that's beat Michigan. Well, let me tell you something. It's not going to work. The next three weeks, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. Michigan has a chance to absolutely annihilate these teams that have been coming after them, putting pressure on the Big Ten, making everyone turn on Michigan. To me, this is a travesty. It doesn't matter if the cheating was real. If it wasn't, if they actually broke any rules, it's the way it was went about. All these other teams desperately trying to get Michigan out of here because they know they can't beat them. They know Michigan, the national power, the team everyone wants to watch, the best team in the country, Michigan is here. And the only way they can overcome them is to go crying to the Big Ten commissioner. Wow. Low moves by the other Big Ten teams. I've heard talk that maybe Michigan should just leave the Big Ten. They don't need a conference. Pull a Notre Dame. Be an independent team. Michigan is a national brand. This isn't just some Big Ten team. This is a real football team. Coast to coast, north to south, east to west. People know Michigan. These next three games have a chance to prove that. It starts tomorrow. Penn State, Michigan, only four-point favorites. Yeah, we haven't seen Michigan play anyone. They've been beaten up on the lower levels of the Big Ten all year, and, well... I'm here to say they're going to crush Penn State. Penn State can't score on offense. Their defense is suspect. J.J. McCarthy throws dimes on 80% of his throws, and to me, that's good enough. Penn State, what are they going to do? Score 17 points and hope that's enough to win. I see a pretty easy win for Michigan, 31-17, 35-20, something in that range where it'll be close early, but Michigan, like they always do, they pull away late. The running game is, I would say, the biggest concern for Michigan. They haven't run the ball super well with Corum, although he has lots of touchdowns. Those all come within the five-yard line. Will they be able to get the run game going, or will it all rely on J.J. McCarthy? That would be a little bit risky because a few bad plays, maybe a pick or two, all of a sudden you got a close game on your hands, and Michigan hasn't played in those close games, and they're on the road. So I think this will be a good test, but I think Michigan prevails in the end. And this begins their true run to the title. This this begins the assertion of dominance in the Big Ten that has been there the last two years. On their way to becoming the three-time Big Ten champions. And just letting people know that you can come after us all you want. Michigan is here. This is the team that is the best in the country. The Heisman favorite, J.J. McCarthy, will show out tomorrow. And Michigan rolls right on through Penn State and Happy Valley. And they get a big win. Now... That's enough of college football. Let's quickly recap what happened last week in the NFL. C.J. Stroud, all of a sudden, the talk of the NFL. That's right, QB one from the draft. C.J. Stroud puts up a huge game. Throws for five touchdowns and what, 470 yards or something? Yeah, C.J. Stroud is good. I've been saying it for a long time. C.J. Stroud is one of the best QBs in the league. Now, not only that, man, Bryce Young. This guy looks worse than even I expected. I didn't expect him to be throwing multiple pick sixes in one game not being able to complete an NFL pass and then we watch him this last thursday night and he can't even outplay the d2 kid tyson Bagent. man what's going on with bryce young this is worse than i expected now we're going to look back on this deal that they made for bryce young potentially giving up the chance to draft caleb williams and another first for bryce young who can't even complete passes Now, there was some roster mismanagement, I would say, with the Panthers, not surrounding him with a good talent. But at some point, that doesn't matter. A good quarterback elevates the team. and Honestly, it's just sad to see for Bryce Young at this point. His inability to run an offense, complete a pass, maybe he can't see anyone. That's his issue. But we've seen other short quarterbacks do it before. But, man, it's a tough scene for Bryce Young and all the more tough because C.J. Stroud, the much more traditional quarterback, big, strong, fast, He's just throwing dimes out there on people. He doesn't have a great offensive line, but they're playing well. His weapons, Nico Collins, Noah Brown, Tank Dell, Dalton Schultz. Yeah, he's got studs. Well, he's making them studs, and that's the key. CJ Stroud is throwing people open. Tank Dell also looks really good. But Dalton Schultz, Noah Brown, these guys are they are building something. There's some chemistry. And CJ Stroud is showing that he is a top, I don't know, seven quarterback in the league. We may have to do some quarterback rankings in the future that I would want on my team but CJ Stroud is right there with Justin Herbert that's all I'll say for right now also I need to recap what's going on with the Buffalo Bills they get beat by the Cincinnati Bengals and people are out on the Bills they're not even currently in the playoff picture but I still believe in the Bills I'm gonna hold the faith I'm not giving up on the Bills Josh Allen does seem to have a bit of a shoulder issue he isn't running as much the offense has drives that look great but they aren't winning this is odd to me. I think they end up doing well because the division is not great. They can beat the Dolphins as they've proven and then they got the Jets and the Patriots. I think the Bills still do make the playoffs, but it may be tough when they have to go to a couple road games, maybe to the Bengals who look to be back and then the Chiefs. It's it's not looking good for the Bills, but I'm, I'm still in. I don't like the defensive injuries that they've seen. I only call myself a Bills fan, but in the AFC, I'm not a fan of any people besides the Colts. So they're in the tier of, I don't mind if they do well, but count me in on the Bills still being good, baking the playoffs, and still winning the division because, as we know, the Dolphins are overrated. How do we know the Dolphins are overrated? Well, they lose to winning teams and they beat up on the bad teams. Last week, for Elijah's Lock to get back to 4 and 4, we took the Chiefs by, I think it was 1.5 to beat the Dolphins. And what do you know? They did it. It did get close at the end. The Chiefs decided not to score in the second half just to make their defense work for it, but. That's all they needed. Chiefs win in a pretty easy way, but a weird Germany game just like happens every week. Now that Elijah's lock is back to 4 and 4, we get a chance at redemption. We've had we've been here before with a chance to get back above 500, but it's time to do it the proper way this time. We're going back to Germany. It treated us well once, it's going to treat us well again. We're taking not the Colts. Even though I do think the Colts beat the Patriots, I'm not taking the Colts. I'm going under 43. I talked to Luke. He said he thought the offense was going to struggle to score points. The offense normally plays pretty well except for Gardner Minshew, which is an issue when he's your quarterback. And then you've got Mac Jones trying to throw the ball around to what? Juju Smith-Schuster and Demario Douglas. Maybe Ramondre Stevenson gets loose. I don't like what I'm seeing. I think this game goes under 43. That's what I'm taking for Elijah's lock of the week to get back to over 500 and to be five and four in the year. Now we got to talk about the game of the week. The Detroit Lions coming off their bye travel to LA to play the LA Chargers. This is a big game. I think the Chargers in everyone's head are a good team. They've got Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. And then you watch the Chargers and man, they don't look like a great team. They they do nothing and they beat the Bears and they beat the Jets while doing nothing. And they win big, but that looked more like incompetence of the other team versus the Chargers doing well. Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, they can be up on bad offensive lines. Can they beat up... On good offensive lines, that to me will tell a lot in this game. The Lions look to be getting their starting offensive line back. Jonah Jackson back at left guard. Ragnow back at center. And Glasgow can kick back to right guard. Then Sewell and Decker at tackle. I think this team's looking good. David Montgomery back. It's good to see this team getting a little more healthy coming off the bye. I don't like the backup right guard bye tie is having another back injury, hasn't practiced the last few days. But hopefully we won't need a backup right guard. And also Donovan Peoples-Jones looking like he might play. The new wide receiver has a rib issue. Not sure if we'll see him out there. But hey, it's always fun to see the new guy you trade for if you can get under the field. But I think the Lions are going to win. I'm not having any bold predictions this week because this is kind of a hinge game for the Lions. I think this a win here keeps the one seed as a realistic shot, a loss would say, hey, let's fight for that two seed, get at least the divisional round at home. But either way, I think it it's an important game, and I just, I'm worried. The Chargers, they don't look great, but are there all of a sudden going to be people running wide open against this Lions defense? It's going to be very important for Hutchinson to find someone else to get pressure with him because when Herbert can get under pressure, the Lions can get off the field. If Herbert has times, I'm very concerned. The wide receiver core for the Lions needs to show up, I think. Jamison Williams, always going to be an intriguing factor. Can he show up? How are they going to use him? How many snaps are they going to play? What do they do with the Jameer Gibbs now that Montgomery's back, coming off Gibbs' big game? Out of the bye, the coaches said two things we got to work on. Third quarter play and red zone offense. And I really agree with that red zone offense. It's really taken a step back in the last couple weeks. And I'd like to see touchdowns in the red zone. That's what it's going to take. These field goals... I'm sick and tired of them. I don't want to trust Riley Patterson to kick them. I think maybe they should just go without a kicker. That'd be better for them. Just go for it on every fourth down. Overall in this game, I think the Lions get it done. It's going to be an ugly-ish win, maybe 28-24. I am predicting a closer win here. i predicted some blowouts when other people think it will be close, but I think the Chargers keep it close and the Lions can pull one out. This will tell me a lot. I think there's a chance for the one seed, but I'm not convinced. I'm interested to see what happens in L.A. We get the big boys, the big crew, Jim Nance and Tony Romo with the CBS at a 325 start. This this is a hinge game for the Lions. This will tell us a lot. People will begin to respect the Lions again if they can further put behind them that Ravens loss, who, by the way, the Ravens looking like a be- best team in the league, one of the better teams in the league, at least, and beat the Chargers. That's the goal for the Lions. They have an easy schedule coming up. This is their, one of their two tough games the rest of the year. That's all I got for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Follow us on Instagram at the or so. Rate and review the podcast, Five Star and Apple Podcasts, and we'll talk next week.